0: It's a pleasure to have your company on the Jock and Journo Show. We have a superstar guest this week. Can't wait to talk to one of the superstars of the competition because this man has been flying way too low under the radar. And we're going to... Celebrate his story today Yeah, I'm Jay Clark and uh, we're with The five time best and fairest winner Five time All-Australian, three time Anzac Day medalist, Scotty Pendlebury, And of course as always we are brought to you By the George, 162 Collins Street, Melbourne's best Vietnamese Canong, just cooks Up a absolute storm back there Try the prawns, try the beef The sticky pork, it's all amazing as well as the city's best drinks and cocktails. After work, before the footy, whatever you like, go see Greg and Maud there at the George on Collins Street, uh, fabulous partners of the Jock and Journo Show. But uh, this man, mate, it's just great to have him in for a chat because he's been a superstar of the competition since he finished second you, in the Norm Smith medal in 2010. He's a two-time Best and fairest winner, an All-Australian and Anzac Day medalist, finished second in the Brownlow last year, four votes shy of Tommy Mitchell, of course. He's everyone's favourite ray of sunshine on the footy field.
1: Hey, you going, Steel Sidebottom? I'm going great. Thanks for having me. You like that little intro, mate? Like oh, some nice accolades there. I love them. Sounds <laughs> like i am got a couple under dip now. Ray, That's good.
2: Ray of
0: sunshine. You like that? Oh, well, he's always, <laughs> really. always smiling. smiling. We're going to talk footy yeah. a little bit later, but just off the top, the moment um, in the fourth quarter against uh, St Kilda, and this sums you up still. This is what I'm getting at, um, Scotty. Clean, clean as a whistle gather inside the forward 50. Just turn two St Kilda players, I think one's Jack Billings, inside out, that little spin, perfect finish on goal, and then the celebration, the double fist pump, big smile across your face as you kick another snag. You love footy and that sort of moment,
1: don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, I probably surprised myself with how much time I had. Um, Actually... Reckons he hit me lace out as a bit of a grab of a kick, <laughs> smack me on the chest. And um, I was looking to pass it and then probably realised how much time I had. But yep. um, I do love kicking a goal and um, – Yeah, I don't mind celebrating either. So it was a a good moment. Pipes out. Yeah, it was a good Good celebration. Your captain over here likes taking
0: advantage of those moments, so he can show off the pipes with the double (laughs) double flex.
2: I don't (laughs) kick too many snags, mate, so I've got to take every opportunity I get.
0: That's true. But I get the feeling, uh, Steele, that you would celebrate like that if you were back home at Kengapna in the third quarter playing Goulburn uh, Valley footy. You must – you always play. Like, you
1: just have that – absolute joy of the game is that fair assessment yeah I think it is and um I hate losing as well so probably at that stage I think it might have put us three goals up so we had a little bit of a buffer in the game but um it's obviously the best part of the week we do a lot of training and all that but yeah when I'm out there playing footy it's the one thing that I enjoy and um yeah hopefully I'll keep enjoying it if I don't then I'll probably stop playing
0: I think you would be playing until you're 44, to be honest. You'll have 500 AFL games like uh, Kevin Bartlett. Can we go back a a step? And in some time in this podcast, we are going to find out whether you are left or right-footed because I'm still uh, unsure, to be honest. You're so good on both sides. But take us back to the the side-bottom backyard, growing up with your four brothers, 20Ks north of Shepparton. Josh, Ryan, Trent and Tyson, your four older (laughs) brothers.
1: But that's not what you call them, is it? What what do you call your four brothers? (laughs) (laughs) So Trent, the oldest, um, we call him Boof, just Boof Ed. Um, And then Tyson's Fleabagger. I'm not actually sure why we call him that, but that's what he's called. Um, Josh is Twiggy. He's tall and skinny, so that's why he gets Twiggy. And then Ryan we call goalie because when he was young, he used to chase around his dummy. Go on, golly 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 so <laughs> that's how we got golly and then yeah my nickname's rusty when i go back home so it's actually moved into melbourne a little bit now when i hear someone call rusty i think oh i must know them and i turn it i don't know who it is so it's, it's slowly moved its way from shep to to melbourne
0: so explain why you're rusty and
1: uh your grandfather's involvement in that story yeah well Obviously steel. So when steel gets wet, it goes a little bit rusty. So that's about it with that. Pretty but original. Are they-
2: <laughs> Jay's just spat his coffee. This is the best part we keep rolling. Steel. He's just spat his coffee all over steel. <laughs> steel. that be great. That'd be that's good view. Air. Oh my oh, goodness. film that. That would be unbelievable. Oh, yeah. That would be yeah. up there with you. Was that one of your greatest moments on air? That's a real low point for me. Just be glad um, it's me
0: and not someone else. we just have to press pause, I think, for a second. While we clean this up, mate, I am so sorry. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. Quick clean up required. I've just spat my coffee all over you still, and I apologize for that. Hopefully, uh, Win back your respect at some point. Probably not anytime soon. What about his jumper? It's
2: it's all these pink jumpers destroyed. He literally spat half the coffee on him. Huh? You, know I mean? you probably don't want me to take that. I'm watch that boy. That's to
0: Wipe his kids' ass. <laughs> <up>. oh, <laughs> right, let's try and fix this car crash. I'll try. So, what was it like growing up with your four brothers, uh, Steele? So you were the youngest. I can imagine it got com- pretty competitive out in that backyard.
1: Yeah, it did. Um, so we used to live at 45 Victoria Street in Tally. It was pretty much you know one main street with a couple coming off it um our like, the, like our backyard used to back onto the footy oval so um there was obviously the cricket nets there um footy oval any sport we played so whether it was inside outside <clears throat> never liked to lose um we had a basketball ring the old trampoline the mat was out of it so that was the soccer goals it was I suppose everything sport was going on at our place and um it's pretty much all I know, really. He's sport, and he used to go go to school, and then school was probably a hundred meters down the road, so I'd race home, and my brothers would be there and play more sport. So, um yeah, maybe because I'm the youngest is why
2: I'm probably so competitive. Um, I was going to say yeah. you would have lost every every day being the youngest. Yeah, I reckon until you what? Until you hit twelve, thirteen.
1: Yeah, I reckon I might have caught goal early, so we can call him by nicknames now, Ryan. <coughs> yeah. But. Me, because we were so close, we were obviously the most competitive with each other and probably played a lot of our sports together. But I think like Trent's 10 years older than me, so um, he probably wouldn't get too competitive with me. He's probably too big all the time, but it was probably me and Ryan that
2: were the most competitive with each other. What, I mean. was, what sports mainly? Um, probably just cricket and footy, I reckon, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. And you, still, you still head back up there now, eh, anytime you can to watch them play. Who do they play yeah. for?
1: So, yeah, all well, three of them now play for Tally Grootner. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I try and get back there as much as I can. Um, I think the longer
2: I've been in Melbourne, the more Melbourne sort of feels like home. But Yeah. Who's got the yeah. man cave? Some stories get out about the man cave and what, <laughs> what goes down there. Oh, I'm interested yeah. in this. Trent's got the man
1: cave um, out in Tally. So I don't know if it was about – might have been nearly 10 years ago now, probably a bit less, the Tally pub burnt down. Um. I'm not sure what happened, might have been a bit of an insurance job. So Trent's got the uh he's got the shed and he's got a big C U um, B. like one of the pub signs on his shed and whenever the lights on, that means that he's in the shed. So there's only about <laughs> four hundred people in town, so they can probably see if Trent's in the shed, they'll pop around and have a beer. So um, that was the watering hole there for a little bit and then after the footy sheds I'd often get back to Trent's place, but he's got a pretty good setup in there. So anyone in Tully just heads back with the lights on. Pretty much, yeah. And he's and got to supply it all.
2: Not really.
1: No, nah, you usually bring your own. Or yeah. There might be a few shit visitor beers there that you can tap into, but, yeah, bring your own. You bring some Melbourne craft, craft beer? You're a bit of a craft beer. Yeah, I don't mind now. a bit of craft, yeah, but I think a lot of the country boys don't actually probably get their hands on too much, although of late there's obviously a lot more bottle shops um, coming available to blokes, but Tyce, my second oldest, doesn't mind a craft beer, but Trent's Phoebe cans only.
2: Will you go back after footy? Um,
1: I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, if I'd have asked you five years five ago. Five years ago, yeah, 100%. I'll be going back there. I, yeah, as I said before, like the longer I am in Melbourne, the more it sort of feels like home. And I suppose I'm lucky that's only two hours down the down the road that I can always knit back and see the family when I need. Five years ago, would you have bought a pair of Givenchy shoes? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. So, yeah, we had a function and I I, I went to um, Chadston and brought a nice pair of... Javon Shays, they cost me about whatever they did quite a lot. I've never spent that much on shoes. And then, so I looked all nice on the Saturday night and then rocked up the train and on the Monday in my moccasins. And <laughs> <laughs> I've still got a bit of a country boy in me. You mentioned that the Tally pub burnt down.
0: Yep. Um, tell us what happened with your house. Was it over <laughs> over summer? Did yeah. we see that your, uh, your Padme burnt down? What the hell happened
1: still? Yeah, so it was December 1st. It was the... Dave so usually annually now we have a bit of a get together from the 210 flag so it was actually um, yeah December 1st the day that we we're going to have um, the get together I was at home with a friend and Alicia my girlfriend and we'll just we'll redo on the front deck of the house. Um, there was an open home over the road and it was the guy that actually sold us our place so yeah we we're just sort of working away and because we were under the like sort of the shelter we couldn't see or smell or anything. So, he just yelled out and said still you know, there's something burning in your backyard so um i ran out the back not knowing what it was i hadn't used the barbecue for a while so i was like don't know what it could be and then went out and yeah just seeing the barbecue area was on fire um so like the cover of the barbecue was obviously being melted i was starting to crawl up the fence could <clears throat> see that the neighbor's car was parked along on the fence so um me being the firefighter i grabbed the garden hose and um, yeah, tried to put it out and I, th- I thought I actually had it under control and then there was still like a little bit of a flame there and then the gas bottle just started whistling and sort of, you know, pumping gas towards the house and then once that happened, it was probably a good time for me to get out so I just threw the hose and, and, and ran out the front and the rest is history, yeah. And you watch
0: your house go
1: down in flames? Yeah, so, yeah, the back half of the house, um, yeah, not burnt down but like everything inside is... You know, pretty much gone. Um, the front of the house is just all heat and smoke damage. And then, as I said, the neighbour's car was a nice Land Cruiser, now torched, and he's Ooh. had to get a new one. So yeah,
0: good call by you getting out of there when the yeah, gas bottle started whistling. I reckon. Still, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so, where on earth have you been living? Is that so? Your house is being repaired. What are you? What are you doing?
1: Um, I'm currently in an Airbnb now, so um, yeah, living Q. And I'm just in Q. A. So it's only around the corner. Um, we were struggling to get a six month because at the start we thought it was only gonna take six months. It's been six months and we haven't started, so um gonna probably have to stay where we are. Hopefully if all things allow we'll stay there for another six six months and um maybe by the end of footy season we might be back in. And what started the blaze? What um the bar fridge. So there was like a you know, a little fridge built into the barbecue area, and I suppose it was just overwork and it was a f you know, it was a hot day and she just overheated and then Bang.
0: How did this go down with the uh Collingwood teammate Scotty? What's your reaction to uh Stilo when he says oh. <laughs> "I lost my house yeah, last I was night say,
2: most things are pretty funny that come up, but like that was just sort of touch base with Steele to see if he's all right and um yeah, like you don't really know what to say it's not too often your teammate's house half his house burns down, mm. so um yeah, you sort of couldn't believe it, and then over time you sort of start moving towards giving him a bit of crap here <laughs> and there and um but yeah it's it's yeah, unbelievable that that happened and that you managed to get out and you're safe. I suppose that's all mm-hmm. that anyone really worried about in the end. Good call from what, your neighbour
0: who heard that, or who <laughs> smelt the smoke in the first the, place?
2: No, the, yeah, the bloke that was actually so real there was open for inspection. Yeah, in so, their,
0: their
1: house so was that house didn't probably, sell. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> all, actually, while I was out, there was about 60 people out the front like watching it unfold. There was three fire trucks. All I wanted to do was just get out of there. So I half started walking down the road. I'm like, I can't just leave. Then I'm back. And by the end of it, when it was all taken care of, I was halfway down the street. So, yeah, I'm glad it's... Hopefully it doesn't happen again. Luckily, as I was insured, because then I felt sick at the time. I was like, yeah. "Geez, I hope I paid my insurance." And yeah. Insurance
2: out. insurance companies they operate quick, so that will get sorted out really fast. I'd imagine you would hope so. Uh, Still, for your <laughs> yeah. case, now
0: it does look like that not too much bothers you, mate. Uh, over the past ten years, whether it's on the field or off the field, you you do seem to be uh, a very happy, relaxed sort of a sort of a dude. Can you you explain what is your uh, secret elixir to life or had how do you go about your business, do you think? Because you always seem – you've always got to carry that smile on your face, mate.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, I, I don't think there's any real secret to it. I suppose I like to surround myself around, you know, good people and folks that I feel like I can have a laugh with. Um, I don't like being on my own too much. So um, if there's something on or, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll usually be there. I like to, yeah, you know, as I said, be around people. Um, I don't know. you probably asked Scott, but I think I'm pretty easygoing. Um Yeah, don't don't mind having a joke and a laugh, but yeah, I think I don't take you know too much too seriously, and um, I don't know. It's got me to where I am this far, so I'll probably just keep going about it as I am.
0: One of the great pranksters, I'm told, Scotty, your man uh, to your right here. Tell us about the role he plays at the club, and clearly the infectious infectious personality and energy he brings to the place. I think
2: um, with Steele, it's just it is that you know that. Um, as you said he doesn't like being by himself but there's always he's sort of got that personality where always people like being around him because there's always a a gag or a laugh and um, you know even at training is he's the guy that calls us in and does the old school high knees and yes can loves it and he's in the middle and he's got the biggest smile on his face ever so tell us if you ever see us us at training looking like under 10 kids it's because (laughs) Steele's called us in somewhere around the oval and you know, the, the old school footy thing where, you know, still we out a number so it's six and then everyone's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> and we do that. And we go all the way down to two and we do two <clears throat> about four or five times and then we run off and, um, yeah, it's good fun. And, um, you know, I suppose in those years where we weren't that successful, um, blokes like Steel at your football club are just worth their weight in gold because they keep the mood pretty light. And, um, you know, and he's got that really good balance between, being able to have a laugh and have fun but still get to work when he needs to and performs on game day which you know you know, I think if you take the mickey a fair bit and then you don't perform um, you know you probably stop doing that so he's got a really good balance as he said between having fun performance yeah. um, enjoying you know what he does and I think you know I hear a lot of guys these days call footy work and I've got to go to my job and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that I you know guys like Steele, it's just footy like and I think that's just how it is for him and it has been his whole career um, tell us about the, the numbers thing that you
0: do in the middle still. I think we yeah. probably everyone who's played footy remembers doing that before the start of your local your junior game and your country footy game. Tell us about why that's special to you. Yeah,
1: well, it's, um, I don't know, you talk about me, where I grew up. But it was my brother Trent. He used to captain tally when um, he was playing in the seniors. And, you know, I used to be probably 10 years old and I'd stand on the little wooden bench around the change room and I'd be trying to look in the middle. But, yeah, he used to do the same thing before they – um run out and i used to love it and, and i still like that's why i keep doing it now but um yeah right at the end when you repeat the two about four times and the boys are going mad it gets you <laughs> gets you going but yeah that's the reason i do it my brother used to do it and yeah i love it and
0: you you are the prankster of the group i'm assured who have you stitched up recently or tell us
1: about one of your better pranks who yeah who have you caught off guard <laughs> um well, one no, i did that, well not too long ago ben reed um not the smartest cookie I probably shouldn't say it myself, but <laughs> we usually the day before a game we go out for go out for a feed in Richmond. And for whatever reason, um we were just well it doesn't matter where I was, just in Richmond. And Reedy had two sets of car keys for, for whatever reason. So um I took one of his keys off him without him even knowing and then I left first and just went and hid in the back of his car. And then I've got a video on my phone and then just obviously waited for him to get in his car. And then when he jumped in, just scared the shit out of him. But um, yeah, that was not too bad. But I've actually been done a little bit myself over the time as well. And um, yeah, I probably don't take to it as good as I like giving it out. <laughs>
2: I'm,
0: I'm told that no one likes to annoy you too much because they know the redemption um, is coming. Your ball use, mate, I'm still confused whether you're left footed or right footed. Um <clears throat> How did you craft that? So was that just genuinely in the backyard, I don't know, with a tire, with a target strapped to a tree, just with your brother's tells how you developed that unbelievable ball use on both sides?
1: Yeah, I can't put my finger on, you know, one thing, but it's probably, <clears throat> yeah, playing sport and kicking the footy probably every night after school. Um, one of my brothers, Tyce, is pretty good on both sides of his body as well and he was probably my closest brother growing up and a lot of, things he was doing you know when I was growing up I wanted to do the same so um, he was actually a pretty handy football when he was growing up Um, I think he played in like the under 12s Victorian team with you know Nick Del and um, I think it was Sam Power back in those days so he wasn't too bad as a a junior and then um, I suppose yeah growing up I just wanted to be a lot like him and yeah probably just practice I suppose there's no you know one thing but me old man would probably take a lot of credit for it, but yeah, it's just
2: how like, much I'm work saying. do you still do on it now
1: um I suppose every time I train that I don't you know it's if I'm on my left I'll kick on my left if I'm on my right I'll kick on my right um yeah, I suppose that i just yeah if i i' don't, I, I i'm i'm a right footer i'm not i'm not a left footer, but I'm mm-hmm. more than happy to to kick on on either side yeah. How much difference does that make, Scotty? Like can you can
0: you see a discernible difference when he is on his left? Is his left just as good as his um,
2: right? Yeah, well it's just you know, as you said, if he goes left, he'll just kick left. If he goes right, you know, you see guys who roll onto their opposite side and they don't want to kick, so they try and get back on their preferred foot and probably get nailed or tackled. Mm. Um, guys like Steele, Sam Mitchell when he played, you don't have to worry about it. <clears throat> They're a lot a lot quicker when they get the footy because they don't have to try and get back onto preferred side or mm. um, yeah, or even if, you know, if it was his opposite and it's not very good, like it's just a high kick and yep. get nothing from it. Like he can turn either way and, yep. and hit a target. He's also not bad at kicking the odd floater too on the on the right. <laughs> I reckon his left, Dip. his left footed, like kicks better on his left. You I reckon. 100%. Really? He's got more penetration on your left. Yeah. I don't know why. but I think, that yeah,
1: on my right, I'm very straight when I kick. On my left, I like to get a little bit of a hook. Foot. Of a hook. Yeah, around yeah. it. But Dip's one that actually... um tells me to put it away at times but then also like just gives me little tips every now and then because I am a bit straight the way I hold the ball yeah like even just the last few weeks about you know just having the ball on a bit of a bit of an angle and by the time I drop it it is straight and um yeah I think it was me and Brownie that he was you know giving a few tips to the other week and it's I don't know just little things like that along the way that keep helping me improve good on you Scotty that's nice of you
2: isn't it drives me like it's one of those things that So everyone that drops the ball, you drop it straight, but everyone like tilts their wrist at the last second. Don't know why, but everyone holds the ball straight. And then when they kick it, they tilt their wrist. So then the ball goes from being straight to hitting it on the instep. Mm. But when you watch guys run in like general play, when they've got the footy, it's always like sits on an angle. And when they kick, it just hits perfectly. So, So it's funny. It's one of those things when especially when guys have shots for goal, they have everything straight, straight line. Like I'm not a very good set shot kick either, but, um, yeah, we did a bit of work last week on it. Guys that, you know, changed their position with their footy and their run ups, like how much better we kicked on the weekend was practice mm. throughout the week. And um, now his next project might be how I think. How <laughs> <after> he's
1: kicking. <laughs> I have to get your old man down for
2: that. I yeah. <laughs> spoke to Shane Hill throughout the week who said he
0: genuinely practiced 500 or that took 500 to 1,000 shots per training session. And that's why I became one of the best shooters in the country, which is a hell of a lot of practice. But Ross Lyons said this week, and we might, just quickly, seriously, said that he felt that the skill level had dropped or he was surprised that, you know, AFL players' skill level generally at the moment. Do you guys feel like it's dipped or is that a harsh assessment? Is is there reason to be concerned there? What do you think?
2: I don't know. I like these arguments. I'm passionate about the game. But, well, I think like if skill level might drop, but there's also the element of decision-making. So if you can execute a good decision, it doesn't matter if the skill's right or wrong, usually it's the right option and we'll find a way to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, Also how teams play, whether there's too much going on in that person's head with, I can't kick it there, I can't kick it there, then you're eliminating what comes natural to guys. So um, yeah, I'd argue that there's a bit more in it than just the skill level the players have dropped. The game's so much more complex. How teams defend are different each week. Um, It's a harder game to play. A harder game to play if you put limits on people, especially. Mm -hmm. you know If you get the ball and you can only go short or long and yeah. i to go into this these certain parts of the field. Then those guys jam up and they tighten up. And
0: so you're against some mental
2: pressure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then if you know if you kick it in there and it works, you're fine. But if you make a mistake, the coach is going to go off and mm. those type of things. I'd have no doubt of that. And we, we've we been there before as well where, you know, you've got different looks when you get the footy and stuff like that. And guys jam right up because you're like, oh, yeah. I better not kick it there. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do you reckon, Steele? Yeah,
1: well, I just think. Like on that mental stuff, like if I'm out there just in general playing, you know, they talk about a lot of guys that are in like I remember Trav Cloak, they used to say, you know, a field kick is an amazing kick. And I feel like I'm a bit the same that when I'm not thinking about my skills, like yeah. I can kick it so better um so much better. Yeah. When I'm got time to think about it, make a decision, it's like, you know, I'm I'm thinking about don't
2: don't make miss the yeah, exactly. the kick that Steele did on the weekend running. I think everyone thought he was going to have a shot in the pocket. Yes. And then he checksided it back to the top of the square. Top of the square. Tell me, that's not skillful. That is very skillful. Yeah. And probably and the hits, most unselfish yeah, player hits, of the season. my check lace out with a check-side. Yeah. Like, so there's plenty of skill, but he's not jammed up there mentally or anything. He's just playing. Yeah. yeah. And then naturally, like I always say, guys come into the AFL system more often than not because what they can do offensively, mm. and then you have to learn how to play D. So, yeah. um, you know, I think side showed from TAC Cup grand final that, offensively had the game fairly well covered, four or five, I think. 2010
0: grand final still Fair to say you're captain here, you of the Norm Smith medal. That's my take on it. Are you still filthy <laughs> with him that he got the, uh, as a 19-year-old, the medal uh, you, you could have won? Have you, have you got <laughs> yeah, over no, that? I'm
1: very filthy, are you? No, I'm not really, <laughs> to be honest. No.
0: What was it like winning a flag? You're 19 years of age. You're playing in this great young side under one of the best coaches the game's seen. How much did you love that? How did you handle it? Tell us about yeah. the celebrations afterwards.
1: Yeah, well, I think the first probably three or four years of, you know, the start here at Collingwood, um, when I first got here, <clears throat> I didn't, you know, I was, you know, forced to make my way into the team. So I think it was round, it was round seven against the Saints when I played my first game um, at Etihad. We ended up getting pumped by about 70 points, but um, – think it was St Kilda and I actually yeah didn't play too bad and then that first year I was in and out of the team a little bit and I reckon um it was our first final against St Kilda and Mick was big on if you played well against a team that, you know, he wouldn't um hesitate to put you back in to perform against them. So I hadn't played since about round I don't know, probably even sort of mid to late season and Mm It was the first final I've been playing VFL, and Mick brought me back in for the first final. So because you played well against I played it was two thousand and nine, yeah two thousand nine. Yeah, so um, so that first year I'd been at the club, we ended up getting to a prelim. So I was like, you know, I'm playing. It was actually that final against Adelaide. We were down by about six yeah, goals like, and come back. on oh, yeah. I remember I got interviewed and I was like, how can I get any better than this? You know, like I'm, I was eighteen at the time, and then um obviously yeah, made yeah. the prelim in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. We played in two grand finals and won a grand final. Two thousand eleven we lost what we should have won. And then twelve was a prelim again. But I think that first, you know, four years of my career, I was just thinking that, you know, this is this is what happens every year, you know. And um about like about that, it was clearly I just what I take is just at the end of the game in two thousand ten is, just, you know, when all the um you know, medals and stuff being given out, just walking around the ground and just seeing everyone going ballistic, you know, um, I still think we walk far too quick on that lap of honor and, um, just taking all in, seeing all the supporters, how happy they were, you know, all my family or whatever. That was, it was clearly, you know, one of the best days of my life. But I think that, you know, as I said, that four year block at the start, I was probably just thinking that that was going to happen. And the next four years I found out that, you know, that's not, not the way it happened. So, um, I think to be able to, you know, play finals and stuff again last year has probably meant a lot more to me. I'd had to probably work a lot a lot harder than, you know, what I had in those yeah early years. So um, as good as it was, um, I wish, you know, obviously I could go back. And mm. a lot of – I remember Boy saying that, you know, when we won, he's like, you know, take it all in. And I'm 19 years old and I'm like, yeah, of course I'm going to take it all in or whatever. But, you yeah, know, I wish good. I could go back and just, you know, soak it all in so much more. And I tried to make a bit of an effort just through the whole final series last year just to really enjoy it and take it in because, mm-hmm. you know, as I've found out, it doesn't happen every year.
0: You were uh, outstanding in the final series. Am I right, Scott? The preliminary final in particular, uh, uh, I'm not ben sure Pritchard. if you were, yeah, 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 you were 40-odd. Uh, yeah, absolutely outstanding. Um, and then the grand final came along.
2: Yep. What happened? Well, even the first – sorry, first semi final over there too against West, West Coast. Coast yeah. Unreal. Giants, unreal. You might have had 40 against the Giants. Nah. Nah. It's nah, just, just odd. The, yeah. Close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: With, with those three games, I mean, was that probably the best footy of your career?
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, you know, a good chunk of footy I've probably had in the last couple of years, for whatever reason, I've had little um, – little blocks where I'm probably not as consistent as what I'd like to be and to be able to, um, you know, have a good chunk of footy um, at a good time of the year was was good. But um, as you mentioned, um, the grand final clearly wasn't um, one of my better games and it was just um, – even just looking back now, it was, it was much of a blur for me. I just really – I couldn't get into the game at all. Um, there's a few times where, I, you know, I had chances to, you know, have impact on play, and I'd fumble or whatever. Um, I don't know what it was. It's something that I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about, but I still do think about it um, quite a lot. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those days that hopefully doesn't repeat itself too often because it was as disappointing as the whole day was to lose, um, to not be able to, you know, perform as well and and go down by such a small margin is... Is um yeah, it's something that yeah I'm not too not too happy
2: about really yeah. I think as a whole, like our midfield group, <coughs> bar Taylor Adams, was down and um you know even in the grand final 2011, probably the same thing again. Like our midfield group was down and Swanny got tagged and um, when your whole midfield group's down and you're getting sat on as well, it makes it harder again to try and get in the game and um yeah even you know like as I think going into that last quarter, we all just had that focus of. Weekend doesn't matter what your day's been like, let's yeah. have a crack. And, um, you know, I've been on record saying it wasn't my greatest game either. And, um, as Saidi said, though, like that whole final series, just like it was an awesome ride. And I think being a little bit older, yeah, you have that it's front of mind just to enjoy it a bit more. And even like the parade, just being able to take all that in. And, mm. um, you know, it'd be like us saying to Steve, oh, just you know, really soak this in. He's yeah. 18, he's not going to, no matter how much you try and tell him, yeah. he's not going to do it. So, your head's spinning, yeah. Mm. But do you, do you feel Saidi that? your role in the group from 2010 till now is different than what it was.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, um, like I, I've, I've said this a number of times as well that, you know, what I experienced as, you know, a teenager in early twenties is, you know, something that I'll remember forever. And it was, you know, some of the best, um, experience of my life. And, you know, I want, you know, the young guys at this footy club to be able to experience that because, um, you know, we, we dream of playing AFL footy and you dream of, you know, winning grand finals and to be able to do that was yeah, something so special. And I suppose now it's um, my role is to, you know, help guys be able to um, live out those dreams because, yeah, as I said, it was something that um, I'll remember for, you know, for a long time. So um, if I can help them, you know, get closer to, to do that, then that'll probably mean that I'm experiencing again as well, which would be nice
0: your journey across your whole footy career. Am I right in thinking you're sometimes pseudo on a Rary member of the Rat Pack? Now you're vice captain and we love your leadership and everything you bring to this football club, being a model citizen. But in the early days, are you, were you a sort of a secret member of that group still? <laughs> um,
1: probably wasn't a member, but I probably wanted to be a part of it, no <laughs> doubt. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, warm to, you know, blokes like Dids and Swanee and stuff. Um, you know, they obviously love to have a beer and things like that. So, you know, I sort of warmed to them a little bit. But um, I think when I first got voted into the leadership group, I, I actually didn't want to be a part of it. And maybe a reason for that is I think Beamsy was in it the year before and he was often in my ear about, you know, you know, there's too many meetings and all this kind of thing. And I originally said, you know, no, nah, I don't want to be in it. And then having chats with like Pendles and Maxie and those guys – you know really said you know you'd be mad not to go in and um i'm very grateful that i had that discussion because not only is it you know helped my footy it's definitely helped me as a bloke as well not just on the field but off the field the way i carry myself for sure
0: how so what do you mean by that how has it helped you
1: well i think being in the leadership group things have got to change guys are guys are looking up to you and um watching what you do and you know, a lot of the time you speak about you know you've got to be um, you got to be behaving the way you want others to behave because it's at the end of the day if I'm out you know on the piss when we shouldn't be or whatever then you know the younger guys think that that's all right and that's mm. that's not how it is so I had to change my ways a little bit and you know for the better I'm, I'm yeah as I said I'm, I'm glad that I entered the leadership group when I did so how
0: comfortable or uncomfortable is it for you Steeler when you're talking to a bloke like Geordie, say eighteen months ago, yeah. and he's at a sort of a, a crossroad himself. Yeah, it, how how uh, how difficult is that? You yeah. know, I mean, you, clearly he's one of your great
1: mates, Geordie, and
2: yeah,
0: it's a bit uncomfortable at times. Or? Yeah,
1: and it, it is, and that's probably the most uncomfortable thing for me. Um, I know, like that's where Pendles is very good as well, and yep. um yeah it is hard because you know at times you want to be friends with these guys and i am friends with a lot of the boys here and most of the boys here not most i say all the boys that sounds like I like <laughs> <laughs> a few, a few I don't like. <laughs> yeah but i think you know they talk about you know you hear it being respected and being liked or whatever but um yeah it, it's definitely hard because you know in my early days as well like i was you know there was times where you know i made blues or whatever and There was people coming down on me, and um, yeah, it's just that it's for for me. That's that's probably the hardest bit, I think, being able to um, judge, yeah, judge blokes, and yeah, just yeah, I think that's that's the one thing. But I think that the longer that I'm in the role, the more comfortable I am in the role. I Mm -hmm. still like there's still things that like I don't like getting up and speaking that often in front of the boys. Um, I don't really like being on camera podcasts are fine <laughs> I had a big fella sitting there <laughs> filming for whatever reason when there's a camera in my face I just go to water but um, yeah the longer that I'm in the role that I suppose the easier those things will, will come
2: I think too having those relationships as you get older um, you know a guy like Geordie Steve or whoever it is yeah like, they know that me and like, we'll do what's best for the footy club yep. first. And then you've got the relationship with them too, which makes it a bit easier to deliver that. But yeah, like you want guys as your leaders here that everyone at the club knows that you're doing whatever you can to make this place better. Yep. You're not there to make yourself better and yep. try and, you know, sort of leech off the roll. It's yep. always about making Geordie a better person and the club becomes better from that. And, um, you know, the proof's in the pudding with the Geordie incident, you know, with how he responded and how he's been going since. and um yeah and that's the joys of being a, a leadership group that i've said it before but if you had to be a standalone captain like in 1980 where you had no support it'd be mm. the worst role almost in footy these days yeah
0: you do have a warmth and friendliness about your steel which i imagine helps you connect with players 18 or 28 um right down the uh, right throughout the whole whole club um how now i heard that you were at one stage trying to um get into the landscape business but you're now on the tools is that right yeah. with some of your teammates yep. Ta- take us into that zone where you and some of your teammates are trying to build a house or whatever it is that you do how's it going
1: yeah um it's going slowly at the minute um so there's there's me levi geordie uh will hosk and elliot and tay Adams. so um, building, building. Yeah, we're doing. So we're doing carpentry um, over at TIV in Footscray. Um, as you can imagine, everyone's always right. So <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're butt heads quite a lot, um, blokes, George, As Geordie is like, Geordie's is like very set in his way. So if he, you know, he says see something, he sees it, and a lot of the time Geordie's right. Um, I reckon. Yeah, yeah no, nah, but he, he's <laughs> he, he's actually he's good on the tools, and I think you know like another boat like Tay you know Tay's oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can just imagine People what it's off like the job there's, site. yeah there's five of us out there and you know if it's getting done some way it's not right and I'll be like that's not how you do it and then tell me yeah it is and then Geordie will have his way so we do butt heads but we're, we're getting through it very slowly to be honest like even yesterday we were meant to go and I ended up going on the um I had a day for holding yesterday so we didn't we didn't go yesterday but um we're probably a bit slack of how often we go so we need to sort of amp that up otherwise right. mm-hmm. we'll be doing it for the rest building? of our footing so we're just building like a it's i think it's seven by eight meter like a little l-shaped house so i think it's got like one bedroom a bathroom laundry so we just do like all the framework we don't and then you do the roofing whatever but how long's um, it been going for the one bedroom place um so we're on our, our second one we didn't finish the first one but we've had to move <laughs> sight so we're on our second one now i'll list that company in someone else's name not your own <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would i wouldn't be getting any of us to be building houses do you see it that i won't i
0: won't <laughs> and you said uh we, we've talked about how competitive you are uh, very talented across all sports you love your golf um what are you what are you hitting off and how often do you get to play
1: yeah, I do love me golf, probably only the last sort of few years that I've got got into it. Um I'm a member at Green Acres, just in queue. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my handicap's ten at the moment. Can't play to ten. Um first time I played in a comp with a handicap, I was playing off twenty two at Green Acres and had forty five points and my handicap went from twenty two <laughs> straight to ten. It might even have been nine points something. So since then I've never played to my handicap. So um yeah, I'd like to get out more than I do and You know, I've played at Green Acres probably 20 times. I've been a member there five years, so I need to get
2: out there more and make the most of my money. Twitter? So we put a thing out last night, Sidey. Yep. Um, We're just going to ask a few. So we've got Xavier Mardling, I think. It says, does he remember telling the border mail that after he was drafted, I used to go for Essendon, but not anymore, stuff the Bombers? And that does sound like you. Probably. Yeah, it's probably right. So true? Yeah, true. All right. They said – this is a good one because I know the answer to this. What did you think of Jaden Stevenson's torpedo goal? Good question. Well, if you have a look at the footage, I'm maybe the
1: only bloke that doesn't go over there and, and celebrate. I just sort of walk back to my wing and, and set up again. So that probably answers that. Why? Don't you like the talk? Well, I just would like this. Oh, actually, No, not that I'd like to see him miss it, but I'd like to see what would have
2: happened if he missed it. Because not fun police sorry. I never, yeah. who would have oh, thought? Yeah. I was surprised to see you up in his grill. <laughs> well, dude. I in basketball, it used to be if you shoot that shot that you shouldn't shoot, but it goes in, everyone's happy. But if you miss it, you get yeah. smashed. So we, I just said to Steve, Oh, like he kicked that because you would have yeah. got smashed if you missed. <laughs> there
1: might have been one not long after that that he tried to snap over his shoulder, too. Yeah, that, that, that he could have handballed to you. It. He would kick you third. Yeah. Well, if um, you've got it, you've got <laughs> it. Boys. Yeah, Still's yeah, got yeah, the,
2: everyone it, knows that Steve has got the secret talent of telling. What, what boots players wear in the league? You knew that? No, I didn't know. What's your secret thought, talent? No, so you tell it. Yeah, so whenever I
1: look at someone from the opposition or whatever, I always just look at their footy boots for some weird really? reason. So,
2: um, I thought this question might have come up, but I probably haven't been as sharp of late. But All right. So as it's indigenous round still, yep. and you're a genius with naming boots, what boots does Buddy Franklin wear? Yeah, so Buddy changes quite a lot, but...
1: Right at the moment. He does not play for deft- five weeks. Yeah, That's exactly. He's definitely, not, he's definitely not Puma because you know that. He might wear Adidas at the minute.
2: Don't know. Don't know. Guess as good as as look, Liam Ryan? Time. Liam Ryan wears New Balance. Anthony Woody, Puma. This is extraordinary. Paddy Ryder? Paddy Ryder, I think, is a Nike man. There you go. I can't yeah, believe it. that? That's how he remembers yeah. players. doesn't <laughs> know their numbers, but just like, he wears Puma Where's their boots. boots.
1: <laughs> have you
0: got some sort of boot finish yourself or...
1: Yeah, I don't mind boots. I'm, I've yeah, I've probably worn most brands throughout my career. But yeah. who are um,
0: you now? Would be better. I'm with Nike now. With yep. Nike, okay. Yep. Do you Ching, think? Ching. Yeah. Why?
1: <laughs> why do
0: ask? Answer me a question. Players seem to slip over on the footy field. Yeah. And um, sorry, we, mate. we 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 pundits say keep your feet, keep, keep your feet. it all. But yeah. you know, are, if it's slippery, are you wearing the um, long screw ins as opposed to the the molds? Um, is it because you
2: can't wear long skirts? Yeah, you're I'm not allowed, allowed you to. to. They hurt or you don't have to wear them? Not at all. To wear them, so you don't. have to wear molds? Yes. Right. So everyone that, like it's a joke when they're like, keep your feet, get your boot selection right. Yeah. You can't, there's no other boots you can wear. Well, we cleared get that up, that up then. The times, <laughs> um, Right. Another question from Jack Martin Which midfield is better, 2010 or 2019? Ooh. <sighs> well, I'll say sitting right now, probably 2010. Yeah, but we've we've still got plenty to go. I think. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And I'm not sure if this is for you or me, but why do you always dominate on Anzac Day? Oh <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh, that's well, why we love him. Clearly, I don't. If I dominated, then you would. Yeah, but it's not all about getting medals. It's well, nice to get them. But if
1: you dominate, usually you get a medal. Yeah. Well. You dominated. You
2: final Day and you got second. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that.
0: What did you think, still, when the Essendon crowd started booing Scott? Did you think? What, what was your take on that moment? I mean, he was laughing. But, yeah, I was good on him. Like, <laughs> he was joining. And he off. was doing the
1: like, waving his arms. <laughs> no, not that I was with them. I was like, yeah, yeah no, shit
2: by them. All right, <laughs> <laughs> last one. This will throw a spanner in the works. But what is west of Westeros? Oh, great question. Huh? What is west of Westeros? No idea. This is from Dave Carden. I'm not a Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones fan, no, Steelo. Not a no, Game of Thrones I haven't no. seen one episode. Can we quickly touch on that? no yes. I know Steel's not going to have any input, but yeah. what did you think of the finale?
0: Look, I was underwhelmed. Um, it's hard to tie to finish up such a magnificent show in a way that everyone's going to be satisfied. It was underwhelming. The good thing was the dragon was the hero. You yeah. know, when it moves from underneath the snow, caught everyone off guard, guard Daenerys dies, it jumps up there. Um, you would have thought some of that radiant heat, though, of his of the fire breathing would have Burnt Jon Snow. Like, Jon Snow takes one step one step to his right still, and the dragon, <laughs> like, belts out this massive ball of flame which melts an
2: iron throne, yet Jon Snow That's standing fine. a foot away seems unaffected. It's got a nice suntan from it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that What did you I'd
2: almost think it's like getting Picasso to draw a painting. Oh, nice. And it's unbelievable when it's got 10% to go, and then yeah. someone gives me the pen. Yeah. Can you walk in and finish it off? That's a bit of scribble-like. No good, yeah. Oh, I just thought the last – it was almost like they had to quickly tie yeah. everything up in it was half rushed. an hour and it's – like I get it, all the good guys won yeah. and you yeah. know, everyone lived up to the, to their role, but yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't a massive fan of the ending. What do you reckon still? Everything comes back to
0: play a role for Scotty, doesn't it? Even his favourite no, TV no, show. Yeah,
1: I, I actually haven't even watched
2: it, but I haven't heard too many good yeah. remarks of how it ended. So, no. Yeah. Was um, it was almost too straightforward how it ended because everyone – ended up going where they wanted to go from the Stark family.
0: Yeah. And what are your thoughts on Bran on the Throne? That was a bit of a setback.
2: <gasps> yeah, I didn't oh, I didn't mind that. Really? Yeah, because that breaks the wheel. Mm. You know, you can't have kids or anything like that. So then you don't go through the whole cycle of yeah. whoever's like the spoiled little children, which happened earlier in this in the seasons. But yep. yeah. It just could have been tied up maybe over two or three episodes. Yeah. And have like a decent battle between John and Daenerys and yep. things like that. Now, you boys got to get
0: to training. This has been an early start again, still. I really apologise for spitting coffee coffee all (laughs) over you. If we had got vision of that, I'm telling you, that would have got a million views. Well, (laughs) I'd be surprised if my career continues after today, I'll be honest. It's been nice working with you, but still, just before we go, um, the uh, the one club um, aspect of of football, um, how much – does that appeal to you? How much, how special is that to you? 220 games at the Collingwood uh, Football Club. Um, what does that mean to you, mate?
1: Yeah, I think probably ever since I was a junior, I've I've played all my footy at King Guttner. So um, since probably I was old enough to play footy to whenever I got drafted. So really I've been at two footy clubs my whole career um, and I would, you know, I'd hope that I um, stay that way, but... Yeah, I don't know. There's so many um, memories and things that I've built at this footy club and, I, yeah, I just can't see myself going anywhere else and nor p- probably would I want to. So um, mm-hmm. hopefully however long I've got left that um, the pies stick fat with me and um, I can keep playing some good footy. I think it so was good. fairly safe. Yeah, I would have thought <laughs> so. Is <laughs> the
0: jumper that special to you then? Like the King Gump, the jump and the, the Collingwood jumper? You, know, you sort of said you're a bit of an old school footy fan, but does that – you know how, how much does that mean to you you know just the the black and white stripes, so to speak,
1: yeah, well, I think just even <laughs> in some of my language now that I talk you know people ask you know about it, but I often put in you know, I've got black and white in my blood now, and things like that, so um, yeah, it's a special place and i'm I'm you know now that I've been here for a while, I'm glad that I have ended up at this footy club um i've obviously I haven't experienced other footy clubs, mm-hmm. but um you know what I come to work with. Um, every day I'm I'm, yeah I'm very fortunate and you know can't thank the footy club enough
2: Mm -hmm. I think too we've got such great people here which makes it easy to even through the tough times there's just great people everywhere the relationships you build and um, just how much fun you have so like I know I'm a little bit older than Sidey but um, that's why you just never see yourself going anywhere else yeah and is there any any
0: time when a club came at you still have you ever had that big decision or can you tell us who had a little nibble at you
1: no, nah, I won't be doing that. That's what Geordie did, didn't he? And it was all over the papers. No, nah, <laughs> yeah.
2: nah. nah, I've, no. Nah. Yeah, he always puts been. pen to paper early, Saidi. So yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. There
0: is a question we are trying to ask everyone. Have you ever had, this is a bit of a um, favourite on the Jock and Journo show, and you. this is a great question for you, I think, still. But have you ever been to the hairdresser and had a brow chop? Have you ever let a hairdresser chop your eyebrows? Because you look like, you've like myself, you've got a good brow. <laughs> have you ever had a, yeah. had some work on it?
1: Um, so I think the footy show used to give out was it man what a fuss it was like a $200 voucher. so to answer that question yes I have Um, I went in there and I got a haircut I got um, wax up the nose so she waxed me nose in my ears and then yeah done the brows as well so to answer the question I have but I've only ever done it
2: once (laughs) once. (laughs) I get it done every time when you go to the bar bar you touch up your brows it's Mm. it's, what just take the length they don't actually go around they comb mine comb my brows in yeah. and then they shave them like a cross but they don't actually like shape them they just no no them no just yeah, take yeah. a bit of the thickness yeah, out of the right.
0: but as the Anthony Davis of the afl Scott, they sort of <laughs> <laughs> you require that uh, <laughs> sort of attention to detail I'll regular <laughs> treatment <laughs> yeah. but our message here on the Jock Jocelyn Journal is deal, <laughs> don't feel bad about the brow, brow chop
1: well I would have said that I didn't have it so I'm, I'm happy to say open, openly brow like I, could, <laughs> I could I could definitely do the chop yeah. now that I've got <laughs> no hair on my head they look even even thicker
0: Oh well, you are looking uh, resplendent in your pink uh, hoodie, mate. And once pink again,
2: <laughs> copy pink hoodie.
0: I might struggle to ever overcome that, but I'll try. I'll try my best. <laughs> it's been an absolute treat having you on the uh, Jock and Jono show, mate. We really appreciate your time. Uh, very early this morning. And um, certainly Collingwood fans are wishing you all the best uh, for the rest of the 2019 season. Thanks for having coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us on the Jock and Journo Show. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now.